everybody. Welcome to Miami Lit Podcast. My name is Jenny. And I'm Jean. And today we're discussing the art of conversation in our very first episode. And I'm very excited. So I guess I just have to ask you, so what, what, do, we, what do we really mean by the art of conversation? So I think um, everyone pretty much understands conversation, right? Like you and I, we're talking right now, we're having a conversation. But I've noticed in, in my circles that it's become a little bit more difficult to just talk to each other and just have regular conversations without people getting um, insulted, being triggered. So how do we do that without other people, without feeling the judgment of others? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, we're living kind of like in a weird time because um, this is a time that a full of, they're called hyper-triggers, hypersensitivity. Right. Um, we have to trigger warn every time that we're going to talk about something. Yeah. People are afraid. I notice that a lot. I notice that people are afraid to talk about certain things. And it's kind of weird because it's sort of like, I mean, we are creatures that all we've done for over a millennia is sit around campfires and talk about stuff. Exactly. Uh, but now it's just kind of like a time where people are afraid and people are also unwilling to talk about a lot of things. Um, and to be fair, it's getting to a point where I personally feel that free speech itself is kind of coming under attack. For and sure. And if anything, we're kind of just letting it happen. I, I agree with you 100%. And I think that's why it's so important that you and I have this conversation today. And if you are joining us on YouTube, feel free to comment down below. Like, what do you think um, about all these issues surrounding free speech? It's... It's not just on a personal level, but even in your work environment. Like, I know, Gene, you're a teacher. Are you able to talk to your colleagues, to your students? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. That's, I'm not allowed to say anything. On the one hand, it's... Uh, on the one hand, the education system itself is, like, kind of putting a lot on itself. Um, and that's just kind of what cult our culture is moving towards because... Right. Not only is the education system in charge of taking care of like literally physically taking care of children yeah. but it's also in charge of teaching i don't know what's in the word itself but it's actually giving the information an objective uh valid information to the next generation um but the problem is it's just like everything else it's a business and exactly as a business it has to take care of itself so I can't talk about certain things because, you know, at the end of the day, it's about like, all right, are, are you going to get sued, you know, for, for talking about something? All it takes is one parent to kind of uh, right. be upset and then it's uh, it gets shut down. Yeah. I think the most dangerous thing right now is that we as a society are valuing a lot more political correctness and just making sure everyone feels safe and in their safe space and everyone's okay over facts and over saying things that... Um, maybe important to you and, and your opinion all of a sudden is not the right opinion so it can be expressed yeah that's extremely dangerous what do you think that comes from or what do you think that came from because this seems like it's something that's kind of new it does feel like it's kind of new but i feel like it's been brewing in you know in the background for a couple of years and i i don't know i feel like it has to do with this postmodernist ideals that we we've our culture has been cycling through for the last couple of years and i feel like we're getting to the boiling point you know no <laughs> boiling point <laughs> sending a chill chill up my spine what's gonna happen oh my gosh i mean but i think you're right 
and I think like I think like what you mean by like boiling point is um, I think that we're sort of leading from having this cultural uh, this cultural phenomenon of people being overly sensitive and right. people striving for political correctness and it's moving more from uncovering or at least in a in an environmental sense that we're like okay we want to make everybody happy right but i think it's also getting it's it's also forming itself into some legal aspect too yeah. and i think that it's uh i think that once it starts getting into the legal aspect it starts to get pretty scary uh, because it starts getting like everybody's favorite new word on Twitter now. It's, it's getting Orwellian, right? Yes. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, like everybody on Twitter is just all the time. It's uh, the new trend of 2020 was like, all right, what's not Orwellian about 2020? But yeah. it's true because people now are, for one, they're afraid to talk about things. Mm -hmm. um, people are also unwilling to talk about certain things. And people are, enforce are creating laws now that right. are enforcing that. And it's it's frightening because as someone, I mean, I've known you for a long time. So as someone who values free speech or sort of absolutely our product, you know, because you, you were my teacher. Right. So it's yes. like, you know, I'm a teacher now. So it's like our product is, you know, is free speech. Mm -hmm. So for me to feel like free speech itself is kind of under attack, uh, it's worrisome. And in a way, it kind of makes me want to think about what we can do about it. Um, but maybe we should talk about the problem itself before we talk, think of a solution. Yes. Um, so, I mean, so when do you feel like you you have to be politically correct to or or you feel this pressure, the societal pressure from uh, not being able to talk about the things that you want to talk about? Right. Well, I mean, I'm not in the classroom anymore, but definitely when I was in the classroom, there was this huge pressure to, you know, stay unbiased, which I completely agree with as a teacher, you should be unbiased but um there's a difference between that and having to be politically correct what do you mean by that okay so let me put it to you this way um if a student is has a different political opinion than your personal political opinion obviously you need to remain unbiased this is his or her political opinion and you have to respect it and you shouldn't impact your own personal upon your students what if you, what if your that students what, what if your students a Nazi are you are you gonna are you going to uh... well then there's a conversation that needs to be had <laughs> on okay. why you don't want to be evil Fair but enough. that's different between your political opinion right I, I, would, hope hope. So. Yeah, I would hope yeah I, I hope so right right but um now I don't know where I was going with that oh I'm sorry <laughs> no it's okay well I mean because you were you were, <laughs> you were talking <laughs> you were talking about that uh students well you have to have an open mind right you need right that's what i mean when i say unbiased you don't put your own personal upon your your students but at the same time you there is a policy of free speech and you should as a teacher or as a person period be able to say this is what we're discussing today you know and and be able to discuss it openly that's cool a policy of free speech because yeah. i feel like that's kind of gone the opposite direction Right. I, well, that's what I meant. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, when I said I, I felt it in the classroom, there was this pressure to constantly be politically correct, mm. even if it sacrificed lectures or teachable moments. Um, you you kind of had to gloss over them because you had to remain politically correct. Do you have an example of that? Um, 
I must see. There were so many. Oh, actually, yes. Um, I, I don't. Okay, I hope I get his name right. The the football player that refused to do the pledge. Oh, no, the, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Okay, him. My students came in super riled up because they they agreed like he shouldn't stand up for the pledge of allegiance or right the the salute of the yeah, flag. Yeah, the, the, the I'm not familiar yeah. with football, so I have no idea. Yeah, you don't have what to happens be. at it's, a football game. It's so a sport. Every every sports fan out there, you guys know, we're kind of upset with sports because it's just become politicized, and it's like it's, right. The Romans use sports to get away from politics. And exactly. Then, uh, but yeah, as you were um, saying, and I remember having a discussion in class and and just feeling that pressure, like, oh my goodness, we shouldn't be talking about this, but I I we have to. Um, about, Why did you feel like you couldn't talk about it? In, in the moment, it just felt like you did, that wasn't the right thing to, to discuss. And the kids would even let you know, but the news say, but my, the, the radio says, my friends say, and, and here you're telling them, okay, but there are other points of views that you should address. Basically have a whole picture type of thing and not just go with, this is what everyone's saying, so this is what I should think too. Yeah, no, I completely... And that was my goal as a teacher, and I'm sure it was, as was yours, is yours. Yeah, no, I completely agree that it's it's a tricky subject to talk about because, mm-hmm. for one, it's, it was such a polarizing yeah. event that it happened, and it, 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 it reminds me, shout out to all the Star Wars fans, it, it reminds me of that... that that line that it's like, all right, there's there. It's super corny, but I think there's some truth to it. That uh, there's e- there's uh, both sides think they're good, but there's evil everywhere. Absolutely. And whichever side on the debate you were on, whether it was it was okay for him to kneel during the Pledge of Allegiance, right. um, it was still important to talk about. Right, and, and that it, was my biggest point. The conversation needed to be had, no matter what side of the conversation where you were on. It it was a conversation that had to be had. Just like today, there's so many conversations that need to be had and people in, in their own homes, in their, in their work, and just in their lives, they just can't have these conversations. And I think that would be, that would make a huge difference if you would be able to approach conversations freely without fear, you know? And I guess it's kind of um, uh, one, one point before I ask this question it's brings me back to like that point I was making earlier that it's a responsibility now that's on top of it because right. if they're asking about it in the classroom it's because they're not talking about it at home but uh, you know so there's there's that thirst this natural thirst for for knowledge you know right. er, that's what Aristotle said we're just this naturally knowledge seeking being mm-hmm. that we are and if you know if it's being satisfied you're not really going to bring it up but it's like if you're if it's being brought up in the classroom it's because you have questions right yeah. it was important to you exactly enough that you were thinking about it and you wanted more yeah yeah and i guess i have to ask you it's like well what do you think this fear is coming from um i i mean i can't say for sure but i feel like it has to do with just being othered yes I, I think we have a basic need to belong and a basic need to, to be a part of, of, of our tribe. And if you're othered, all of a sudden, you're, you're none of those things. Yeah. And that's scary. Absolutely. No one wants to go through that, especially for what seems like no reward. Because what do you get? Nothing. You get to be ostracized and judged and called, you know, stupid or 
whatever else people <laughs> say about you. So I, I don't know. Yeah, no one wants to be the outcast. And yeah. especially for your personal beliefs. Right. Because your beliefs are, they that's the cool thing about them. They belong to you. And we attach ourselves to our beliefs. Right. It's kind of like when people get, like something that's happened ever since Trump became president, mm-hmm. uh, well, former president, uh, Trump became president. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's still a little hard to get used to it. Right. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while, but yeah. it's, uh, we can talk about Biden <laughs> later. But um, something that happened when former Trump became president, former president Trump became president, was that people identified with each other's politics. Mm -hmm. And if you were, let's say, on a political side that you didn't agree with, you saw them as an enemy. Yeah. So the classic, all right, the the Trump supporter, or you're a Trump supporter, you know, you're you're the enemy. Right. And then to the Trump supporters, all right, you're not a Trump supporter, you're whether you were for Hillary or you were for Biden, all right, you were the enemy too. And it's kind of interesting because I mean I'm not that I'm not that old, but I don't think I'm that young either. But <laughs> and you're young. I I don't remember. And so th- am I. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that ever actually happening. Like I don't remember people. I mean, growing up, like I don't yeah. remember people like genuinely giving a shit if you be- like voted for Bush or or, right. or if you voted for. I mean, uh, I I think it's happened before, but not in our you know in our. In our living memory, as you say, um, I don't think there's been a time where, as much as now, where your political affiliations equaled your morality and who you are as a person. So if you are a Republican, all of a sudden, now I know that you are probably racist and a bigot and all these other things. And if you're a Democrat, then you are all these other labels. And I, I think it's extremely dangerous, again, to equate someone's political ideas with who they are as a person. Because you could be a Republican and be a terrible person. You could be a Democrat and be a terrible person, or vice versa. No, so, ex- exactly. I, I mean, I think I, to, to tell people, like, to pull out your political card as a voucher for who you are, it's not the smartest thing. <laughs> it's definitely not the smartest thing. <laughs> um, but it's also not the safest thing to do either. Right. Because yeah. especially with a pandemic that's happened, everyone's super tense. Everyone is extremely stressed out, more than usual, because yes. life itself has always been stressful. But I feel like um, I feel like post-pandemic, everything's going to feel like a vacation afterwards yeah. because... Uh, Definitely feels very apocalyptic. I don't think so. No? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's... Uh, I, I, think pe- I think people like to be afraid. It's like yes. it's why we go to amusement it's parks. A, we go on yeah. roller coasters. We watch scary movies. I, I I think people just like to feel it. You f- have a point. Yeah, it's true. And it's 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 starting to end. You know, it's starting yeah. to. I, I don't want to. You know, I'll knock on wood. You know, <laughs> but um, it's if you know traveling is becoming more of a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, the vaccines they turn out pretty good. Like Johnson and Johnson had some. You know has some irregularities there right. but like numerically speaking it's going very well and um yeah schools are going to open back up like i feel like we're, we're getting so there. you think we're towards the end the light is there at the end of the tunnel i think that the so i feel like 
the day-to-day worrying about the pandemic is going to mm-hmm. end soon. Right. Uh, do I think that the ramifications of it are going to end soon? I don't think so. And I don't yeah. think that the issues that it brought up are going to end soon. Um, there's a lot of things going on, particularly about free speech that have happened because of this pandemic. Yes. Um, and I don't know. I don't really see, unless I see some action, and this is kind of like our, you know, why partly why we're doing this, you know, like mm-hmm. this is like what our part in it. Um, unless we kind of, unless I see some action moving back into the direction of normalcy, Uh, And I say back intentionally because um, we have gotten used to this idea of new normal. And I was talking with a coworker and she kind of scared me because um, one of her worries is, are we going to forget what it was like pre-COVID? And yeah, it kind of scared me because it kind of reminds me of like post 9-11. Yeah. Um, No one, I mean, I was a little kid when that happened, Mm -hmm. but... I don't, I still kind of vaguely remember, actually, I don't remember. I don't remember airports being so lenient. Uh, my older coworkers tell me like, yeah, you, I could walk inside the plane yeah. and walk right back out without showing a ticket or anything. And then now I have to take off my shoes and I have to take mm-hmm. off, like I have to get practically naked too so they can scan me. Right. And then we've gotten so used to it. And are we going to get used to this new normal? Right. Um, are we going to forget what it was like pre-COVID? And what worries me, at least like in the context of what we're talking about now, it's like a lot of this, it, it's, it's a psychological phenomenon where, uh, where, of association, right? So it's like we associate things together and they're reinforced with each other. So uh, it, it's conditioning, mm-hmm. right? So it's like if uh, I train my dog, if he sits, I give him... I give him a treat, right? Right. So then he he expects a reward every time he sits. We put on a mask, we feel safe. Yes. We, we put on a mask and we feel, um, okay, I'm accepted in the society, right? Right. Anti-masker, get out of here, right? Yeah. And, which, and, and all they're doing is standing up for what they believe. You know, that's their method of free speech, right? We're back to our our main topic at hand for today and the art of conversation and seeking out for your own growth these conversations that may not necessarily align with your beliefs whether those be political personal whatever have you just like you and i are doing today i want to talk about cancel culture yes let's do it go for it well let's just say we hate cancel culture we do i think why oh my god (laughs) why not you know you know you know know uh, what's funny about it is that i don't know a single person that is cool with cancel culture like i really don't everybody that i know hates it okay i want to say that too i want to say i i don't think i've met anyone that enjoys cancel culture but if you i not you but me when i talk to other people you know in my life or whatever they don't think they are going for cancel culture but their opinions and the things they say are very much aligned with cancel culture, but they would never think that they're taking part in it. Does that make sense? Uh, can you explain what you mean by that? Because I'm a little confused. So, for example, uh, let me see. I should have prepared an example for you. But basically what I mean is 
people sometimes express these opinions and they would say like i'm not i'm not for cancel culture that's wrong it, people should be able to say whatever they want to say but then you say something that goes against what they believe and all of a sudden you're on that chopping block like you could be out just like that you're, mm. you're no longer part you know what i'm saying um and that could be political or any other kind of opinion and it's so it's something that people don't claim to partake but i've noticed in my you know personal experience that they are partaking in it and they have no idea I don't know if if you've had anything like that happen to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know where I see that a lot of? Um, and and uh, don't cancel me, right? <laughs> I uh, won't. It's, uh, I, I get that a lot from feminists. Yes. So I, uh, sorry. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, but not sorry, right? No, because it's... And why it, am I apologizing? I didn't do anything to you. Yeah, I don't know why you're apologizing. I'm the one saying it, right? <laughs> so it's um, sorry, but not sorry. But yeah, I feel like whenever I talk to a feminist, it's kind, I get that too. I get that feeling where, okay, like, like, for example, don't cancel women, right? It's like women deserve to have this same amount of platform that males have. Right. Uh, but then as soon as you say something that's anti-feminist, then it's mm -hmm. like, oh, no, you're absolutely wrong. And all of a sudden you're canceled. And all of a sudden you're canceled. Right? But yet they were just saying, you know, a second ago, don't cancel women or whatever. So it's kind of like people are sort of against cancel culture when it comes to their own agendas. Yeah, for sure. It's like. I mean, and that's what kind of confuses me about the entire thing, because it confuses me that it's like, where does it come from? Mm -hmm. I mean, why? Like, so, so <laughs> I was uh, reading about it, uh, canceling Mr. Potato Head, right? Yeah, that's where they're here. Yeah, it's like, why? We have Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. You can't say we that have anymore. Both. Nope, you can't say that anymore. That's wrong. It's they're just the potato heads. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, actually, they took that back, actually. Um, so apparently they did cancel Mr. Potato Head. Um, he was the first one out. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Okay. Because apparently what had happened was that they wanted to be more inclusive with the toys. So we have a genderless potato and yeah. you get to... Well, no, they're not genderless. The point is, is that the toys, you can make them whatever gender you want. And so you can have a family of potato heads. So isn't that kind of like... When I buy a Mr. Potato, I'm iron. I buying the gender I want. Isn't that the same thing? No. Well, because because and here's the weird part about it. The weird part about it is that they have the act. They they brought it back. The mm -hmm. actual Mr. Potato Head and the Mrs. Potato Head. But then they have the because what they wanted to do is that they wanted to change it to just genderless potatoes, right? Okay. And then it's like you can just kind of make mix and match the pieces, and then. You can have uh, a male or a female, right? And then you can sort of just make your family. If you want your family to be like a, uh, you know, a gay couple or a lesbian okay. couple or a trans couple. Like but what, then wouldn't I just buy two male Mr. Potatoes? Uh, no, because that's wrong. How? But how is it different? The point is, Jenny, so that's not supposed to make any sense. The point is, is that I think that they're trying to please this, See, it sounds people. to me like they're just telling the kids that are using these new potatoes you get, <laughs> you get to build your own gender like you can't just buy it from the box yeah and that sounds a little dangerous hmm i mean i get what they're trying to do you know um but i don't get it i mean the way i see it is that okay 
um, you can, you know, kids kind of know where they are, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like whether they know it or not. Um, but the, the what they wanted was to build the freedom for kids to kind of express themselves and express like their family values. Like if you want to have a potato family of two males. So they buy kid, two male Mr. Potatoes. But they wanted them to build them themselves. You know what I mean? It just allows more freedom for their expression, you know, because then it's kind of like, all right, like I, I think I know where your confusion is because now saying it out loud kind of makes me confused too. It's like, well, why? Like if you want your child to have two mr potatoes then just buy two mr potatoes no they're canceled jenny they're canceled you can't have that you gotta be open that's the whole point of this see that's that's where i'm very confused so the the reason why they canceled it um i mean it sounds like they're trying to cancel gender yeah yeah i mean it's uh that's that's where this started from Right. Right. So it's like canceling gender, canceling gender preference, uh, canceling uh, gender, I guess, prejudice, because uh, how could you be prejudiced against gender? Oh, easy. You know, males are supposed to be big, dominant males and women that's are not prejudice. That's a biological fact. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're stronger yeah. than me. <laughs> and it's like and I'm OK with that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I hope you're stronger than me. I hope we can arm wrestle right now. We can no, test you'll it. win. It's like I don't know. We no, but you know what I'm out. saying? It's that's not being prejudiced. That's just a biological fact. Yeah, I know, right? And it's like, I mean, and it's people are afraid of talking about that too, mm. um, mostly because, um, for one, this is like a, a, an interesting perspective that actually a student of mine brought up, um, because. Uh, one thing that I talked about was I talked about how there's this cultural shift from masculine men to sort of feminine mm-hmm. men. Like right? the beta males? <laughs> yes, like the beta males. Is right? that politically incorrect? Of course, but that's why we're here. We're here okay. to be politically incorrect, Good. right? A free speech, which is what it's all about. Uh, yeah, the beta males are just gender fluidity in general, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so like Harry Styles came uh, a cover of Vogue magazine. Where I, I saw that with the dress. Yes, with the dress, you know. Um, I feel like he could have chosen a better dress. I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, but what I do care about is that people are either unwilling or afraid to talk about this issue that, all right, yeah, like, guess what? There is such a thing as biology. And I think it has to do with what we were talking about before about sort of our own agendas Mm -hmm. serving us. Because, for example, people on the left want to quote scientists when it serves them. Right. For example, climate change. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, you want to listen, you want clean energy, listen to the scientists. Right. But when it comes down to listening to the biologists, oh, no, 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 that's bad. They don't know. So then on the right, they don't want to listen to the climate scientists, but hey, listen to the biologists. Mm -hmm. Right. So at least like the biological factor. I mean, it's there. It's yeah. real. You know, it isn't something it, to me. It doesn't seem like something like Pluto. Like we can just change. We can like, kind of. Yeah. It, it doesn't affect us. Right. I mean, I'm not a, an astronomist, but yeah, whether or not whether it's, a, it's in our galaxy or not, whether it's not what it what is it? The, it's a planet or not. It's, it's a dwarf planet now. It, right. It, but it, isn't that word like dwarf? No. Yeah. That, you can't say little people. You can't. No. 
Well, See, well, I, I thought sh- it was the other way around. I thought you couldn't say dwarf, and you could say little people. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't say... Well, I c- could be wrong. Yeah, you can't say midget. You can't say... Definitely not. Yeah, so you can't say midget, but you can say... Uh, yeah, you just say little person, actually. Yeah, you're right. So you can't Is say... It? Yeah, okay. you can say little person. Correct us if we're wrong. Anybody out there. Yeah, please. Um, but that's, like, the whole point. It's like, all right, um, you can change that, right? You can change that and it's like, yeah, it doesn't affect my life. Like, I, I don't give a shit if Pluto is a planet or not, you know? Right. It's like the only thing that concerned me was whether science was being science or not. Right. Um, so if and ma- facts. And facts, yeah. right? Which is the entire point. It's like, all right, so are there males and are there females? Okay, fact. Are there people who... And, and we're, when we say facts, we mean facts like the refutable information, not how we feel about facts. Because that's no longer a fact. That's a perception. Yes. Just to be clear. That's an opinion. Right? Exactly. So facts are facts and opinions are opinions, right? We can have opinions about facts. Yes. And that's perfectly fine. But then we have to recognize that it's an opinion. Yes. So, I mean, I guess back to like the Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, um, we're kind of afraid to talk about masculinity and femininity as if it's a real thing. Or on the other hand, people are just kind of unwilling to talk about it. Right. Um, so it's like one thing that, yeah, like I brought up with my students was, like their there's new perception of men are is much more feminine, right? Like right. how you said the beta males, right? Yeah. And well, <laughs> like what Stephen brought up is like, oh, okay, well, wait a minute. Maybe it's not that um maybe it's not that men are actually becoming more feminine, but maybe it's just that it's just that the feminine males are the ones coming onto social media, coming onto these platforms, and they're the ones speaking. Mm-hmm. And so that's our perception of males now. But the actual, you know, the actual alpha, right. you know, masculine males are actually, you know, doing shit, you know, like, yeah. do, like doing real world things instead right. of messing around on social media. But we're all on social media anyways. So that's like our perception. Right. And that it. sounds like a very valid point, but the the people that people that would be influenced by the hairy styles of of the nowadays we won't see them out in the world till a couple of years from now because they're kids hmm do you know what i'm saying i don't know kids kids, kids are kids, there's a new world so when you out have there, like when they take the gender away from mr and miss potato head what are we teaching our kids don't embrace your gender don't don't you know the fact that you are a feminine girl might not be a good thing, or if you're a masculine boy might not be a good thing. Is that the message? I mean, there there is a part of me that there is an honest part of me that kind of doesn't want to give a shit because it's like, all right, the, it's like how you said, like the boys will, or like, because I don't, I don't, like the kids are going to make whatever family they want. So if they mm-hmm. want, if they want a Mr. Potato Head, they're going to make a Mr. Potato Head. Right. If they want a Mrs., they'll make a Mrs., right? But what matters to me, because I think the kids are going to be fine. I think the kids are going to make their potato heads however, however which way they want yeah. anyways. That's the toy. French fries. Yeah, that's the, that's the toy, right? But I, what worries me is about the adults. Yeah. And the adults are going to be the ones teaching the kids something. And so it's the adults that are canceling calling it Mr. Potato Head. Right. It's the adults that are canceling calling Mrs. Potato Head. And then that's what worries me. I think, exactly. I think that's the part that's the most, that I happen to have the most issue with. Because you don't have a kid that's you know, happens to be playing with these two uh, potato heads. And all of a sudden switching accessories and making the male or whatever. 
you have an adult saying from now on this potato has no gender and you get to build it and pick and kids are so uh shapeable you know they're ready to be molded by by their environment and if you are subliminally letting a kid know your masculinity masculinity sorry is not a good thing or your femininity is not a good thing they will take that they're not going to challenge you on challenge you on that they don't know any better they're counting on you to let them know this is how the world works this is how you live life you know what i mean and it just seems like under the guise of we're doing what's best for the kids because we're letting them tell us we can't let kids tell us anything they don't know any better they're little chimps Exactly. They're little animals. they're actually looking at us to say okay tell me how do i do this thing how do i live life um and obviously that doesn't mean once your child gets to a certain age you're not gonna let them have opinions and kind of figure themselves out but at the age that you're using a potato head they're counting on you for everything so jenny i have to ask you yes what do you think about social media banning trump i think it's utterly ridiculous hmm why, why, why do you think I so? I think everyone should be outraged, whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, a whatever. I don't know what other labels are out there, but I think you should be outraged because if they ban someone like Trump, they could ban anybody. Yeah. And that's not okay at all. I completely agree with you. I think yeah. that it's in 2020, there was a Senate hearing uh, against the the big five tech companies. So it's the yeah. CEO of Google, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, all the big guys. And they couldn't touch them because their, their, their main question was, is tech company, are they becoming too big to be controlled by government? Um, and it's sort of like, if anything, that's a little more apocalyptic to me than, uh, yeah. than, than COVID is. But these people control everything that we talk about mm-hmm. and everything that we can say, everything that we can't say. Um, they control it. And then when Twitter first banned Trump, uh, you know, that was they silenced the president of the United States of America. Yeah. Whether or not you agree with Trump or not, they right. silenced the president of the United States of America. And, and what does that say to the world? <laughs> it says that that they have more you know? power than than the most powerful person on earth right and our president at the time whether you liked him or not but that's who he was you're telling the world this guy has no power here you know what that did not make sense for me at all no it still doesn't for me that's kind of the real threat that we yeah. that, that we have here and i think it's important for us to recognize that threat and do the best that we can to uh, not be afraid to say whatever it is that it's our opinion. And if you disagree with anything that we are saying, for example, if you disagree with me, if you disagree with Jenny, that we're all for that. That's what this is all about. Exactly. And it's, uh, I think that people need to learn to talk about things that um, they're, they need to t- learn to talk about things, especially when it's something that they disagree with. Yes. Um, without getting emotional, mm-hmm. without um, without insulting other perspectives, and if some perspectives need to be corrected, well, the only way to do that is through conversation. Right. 
that's the only way you're going to make change. If you really want to help and have people understand your point of view and where you're coming from by getting into those situations about conversations that you may not normally have, it's the only way you're going to make those changes. So, Jenny, this was a lot of fun. I agree. It was. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope I have a blessed day. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Yes, thank you. See you next time.